Welcome to This Week in X presented by Crushing Comics for the X-Men comics out on the 30th of June 2021 and there's only two this week. It is X-Factor number 10 which marks the end of the Hellfire Gala and Cable number 11 which did not participate in the Hellfire Gala so it is completely separate from the festivities. We're going to talk about both of them in full so of course there's going to be full spoilers along with these discussions for these issues, the whole gala, the whole Marvel Universe, anything we can possibly spoil except for Loki. We're not going to spoil that. So you have been warned. <laughs> to warm us up today, I thought that we would take a departure from all the party chat and talk about uh, being from a place. Because we all, some of us share some physical locations and some of us have lived in some unique locations from each other. So I want to go around and just hear a stereotype of either where you're currently living or somewhere that you've lived before. And feel free to let us know if you adhere to that stereotype or not. And we will start with Tyler. What's an assumption that people make about a place that you have lived? Um, I mean, like people who have not been to Singapore has the preconception that Singapore is like really, really um, strict, you know, because they, they talk about caning, they talk about um, fining. And, and, and then I think the one that most people like to talk about is that, oh, you, you guys ban chewing gum. You can eat chewing gum. And I was like, um, yeah, but but the thing is like, why are you fearful of the city punishing you if you don't do anything wrong? So 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 that's that's the part which I I kind of like I have I mean you know the misconception is like oh you know you you can't do anything in Singapore, like you know you 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 walk you know just off the pedestrian the the, the pathway you get fined you get chained you get you get you get like captured by police and cane and 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 i was like um no that never happens <laughs> and yes. and so 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 i was like so 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 there's always this misconception like you know that that the city is is like oh really strict and things like that and then when people so for come people back, living like, there there's because this is really interesting to me having yeah. grown up through all of these stories right mm -hmm. people living there don't think when they're walking down the street like Oh no, I better not step out of line or they're gonna get me. Like that's not a thing. You know no, what's that's what not, not to do. Don't we, we litter, don't chew gum, no, don't whatever. Like, and, and yeah, that's we, it. we jaywalk all the time. <laughs> yeah. Right. Like seriously. Um, I like, love that. Oh so, like, there is a there is like you know, um you have like um overhead uh pedestrian walkway, right? Oh like they then most people mm -hmm. most people are lazy, mm -hmm. so they don't mm -hmm. want to walk that. So they they rather walk like, you know, five meters down where there's no barricade. And they just cross the street. <laughs> hey, <laughs> as, a, <laughs> as a serial jaywalker, I approve of these practices. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. In Wellington, they oh, are sorry, not ready please. for my jaywalking. Being from Philly, I mean, we'll get around to me. But they'll, I'll jaywalk and in a way that I don't think is bold at all. And they're like, you're going to die. And I'm like, no, I'm yeah. not. <laughs> so here's a, here's a question for Tyler, though. When you enter the country, do you have to fill out the dis disembarkation card in Singapore as a citizen? What card? So as a visitor, you have to fill out a card. And on that card, it says <laughs> penalty of drug trafficking is uh, death. Yeah. In the no, disorientation. That, that That's is, the welcome uh, card. That is true. Because <laughs> Singapore is really strict with drugs. Um, uh -huh. Any kind of like recreational drugs or even, I mean, like, you know, right. it's, it's not even like hard, hard kind of drugs. So that's the a thing little though, bit of because... a mouth you get the death sentence. 
Yeah, so the thing yeah. is that it doesn't tell you what kind of drugs. It no. just tells you drugs. <laughs> and it tells you the punishment for it is death. And death. this is the welcome card. And you're like, what? <laughs> so, so don't tell me that it's not a, it's, it's a misconception. It's warning you. No, that that one is true. So, but it's I mean, if you have smuggled drugs in and you're just seeing that on the yeah. disembarkation card, it's already too late for you. Too late. Yeah, exactly. Well, then you don't, then like, you don't, maybe you should have you maybe you should have said it earlier. <laughs> you, 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 you just turn around. Just turn around. And around. Grab it on a plane. Yeah, there's time to like flush them down the toilet and, and yeah, <laughs> you have so, time. You have time so to do the it. reason the reason the reason we're I'm saying though because we saw that so my sister and I like. Oh, n- what? Okay. And then we just walk in and then every time we saw saw a rule, we're like, is that death as well? What are we supposed to do? <laughs> we should not break any of this rule. <laughs> so yeah, because they really drilled that you drill yeah. that into you so, though. So Singapore is really strict with certain things. For example, uh-huh. and I think chewing gum. Well, chewing gum. chewing gum, you get you get fine or you just get uh-huh. confiscated. But like you don't get any jail time, you don't get caning. Right. right, that's good. But things that are really bad, like, um, say, murder. Um, murder, murder, you get death sentence. It's on there. Rape, you get caning. Uh-huh. So and and we are not talking about like this little thin cane. It's like a bunch of rattans all tied together, like ten or so, and then you just whip. Like one whip will tear your flesh, and you get you can get like you know ten canings or something like that. And and, they, and it's effective. like if you pass out, they are like, okay, we stop there, and then we continue you when you recover. Up. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> we continue when you recover. Grim, but so, well, I guess if it's so the certain. things like that, you know, like um, like really severe, which they consider severe, like child pornography. Yeah, you get sure. you get those things, you get caning, mm. like severe caning and things like that. Yeah. Well, now to travel to a world that's completely opposite from Singapore, let's talk about Florida. Uh, Harry often <laughs> jokes Florida. that he is he he sometimes falls to Florida man stereotypes. So, what stereotype do you want to share with us about <laughs> the place that you live or have lived? And it could well, be more Florida specific than Florida because I know there, there's there's regional <laughs> yeah, differences. different buckets. I know, yeah. yeah. There's Florida man's really in all of us. Uh, <laughs> I guess I'm I'm technically a South Floridian, even though it, th- that's even that's a very complicated thing. But. Um, yeah, I mean, Florida's just well known for being a little lawless. There are pockets of the state that like you might not want to check out if you're not prepared. Um, but there's, you know, it's kind of hard to put in the words because there's so many different kind of regions and different kind of cultures and different kind of like levels of intensity and political orientation and even, um, you know, level of connectedness. Uh, it's it's we kind of joke. It's like a uh, the entire United States, like in microcosm. Uh, but for me, uh, what I I mean, I guess at the end of the day, like if there is a car crash or like gunfire or anything, I am the idiot that's like, well, I want to just go check it out real quick. So I'll head towards the danger. <laughs> and that has been a defining trait of my life. Not with those in specific, but definitely like, let's see what we can see and let's get away with what we can. Um, and I do think that embodies the florida man spirit but um we always i think i've even said on the podcast before like you know everyone thinks that we're all a bunch of law- lawless like methed out you know rednecks and like we have those but we also have like several other groups too there's there's a lot of things going on um so yeah basically join the cult of the florida man and pray to the one real god is where i'm at <laughs> <laughs> well, Freya, you have many locations to choose from. Which which location stereotype will you comment upon? 
Um, I want to talk about Canada. Um, so as people in the podcast know, I collect passports the same way, you know, um, people collect train cards. Um, so for Canada, one of the things, it's absolutely true, whereas people like say, sorry, sorry. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Sorry. I, I like, know, you know, a boot, a boot, sorry, eh, eh. And, you know, and they do say it. And I also learned to say it. And it just, it just happened. So I say sorry way too many times. Um, and it's not even like, you know, so, and then there's like the whole thing. It's like, oh, you shouldn't say like, you know, sorry too much and stuff when I came to America, but uh, it comes out. So, and every time I go to Canada, it doubles. And then I have to unlearn <laughs> it when I'm back. So, so yeah, so it's like uh, that stereotype of Canada. It's absolutely true. And yeah, we do say sorry too much. Eh. <laughs> How do you, is it just that like kids are told to apologize for everything? And so then culturally everybody apologizes for everything. Like to bring a Wellington example here, people often say they're like, excuse me, or they're sorry after they sneeze, which is weird to me as an American, because we usually say some kind of blessing after somebody sneezes. But it just made me think like, huh, there's some cultures where like, if you make any kind of noise as a person that's Hmm. unexpected, you apologize even if it's, you know, like, apologize for yawning. I don't know. It, like, what do you think? Because you weren't born there. So it's not like you have no. the, the sorry culture from the time you were born. <laughs> well, I do come from Bangladesh, which is also very, like, like don't be yeah. seen. And it goes for both man mm. and woman. Like, do not make a, make a lot of loud noise. Mm. So, it's, it's, it, so it's kind of, like, already ingrained in me in a little way. And then when I was there, it just became... I personally think they use the word sorry, like, like... Hmm. Gosh, I'm not know, I, I sorry as much as I say like. Yeah, <laughs> like you know, it's just kind of one of those things. I don't think it's. I, I mean, you know, some other Canadian who are watching, please correct me if I'm wrong. I personally didn't think that it was like you know it was uh, apologizing thing. It just was something that just they just say, and children probably just learns that. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Like that's one of the thing about Wolverine comedy is the most the misportrayal, the fact that he doesn't say sorry enough. <laughs> Like, it just, like, like you're not Canadian anymore. We disown you. <laughs> <laughs> you don't say sorry enough. So, yeah, and North Star either, which is like, oh, come on. Like, but then again, maybe it's a Quebecois thing. Yeah, it's so. a Quebec. So it's different. Yeah, Quebecois, I, I hear, yeah. quite different culturally. Yeah, they're, they're, they're like Florida of Canada. <laughs> <laughs> sorry to all of our Quebecois <laughs> listeners. <laughs> I got my feelings hurt by every Florida burn. I wouldn't have, uh, wouldn't have made it. This far. Hey, I say, I said it as a compliment. How do you know how? What do you mean? Yeah. I didn't say it as a. How do you? Then maybe I just it? have a some whiplash there, some emotional like expectations of insulting <laughs> whenever it says the word Florida. <laughs> well, I think that's a great lead into Philadelphia because I feel like most of the things you read about Philadelphia are uh, from other places tend to take a somewhat dire outlook. And the two that always stick out to me are that it's like a mean city or like a rude city. You read a lot of places and also that it's like trashy or unsightly. I remember at some point, some point when I was living there, it was voted the ugliest major city in America. And I think it's Mm, really interesting because they're like, it's a very surface level take on both of those things. I don't think that people in Philadelphia are any more rude than people in Boston or New York or Washington, Mm -hmm. D.C. or any other Northeast city. I think Philly culturally, people are going to say the thing. Like if you bump into somebody and you don't say anything, they're going to be like, excuse you. 
And if you're, you know, eating your food openly on the L, somebody's going to be like, can you put that away? And I think that that is, that's just Philly. Like nobody's going to let it go unremarked on because it's a, it's a city where people are kind of indoctrinated to say the thing. And sometimes that crosses a line. But I think that the other thing is that Philly, I find you become fast friends with like random people in Philadelphia. A lot of the times you'll, you know, people on the bus route that you take, somebody that you happen to cross paths with walking into your work. I can think about all of these tangent friendships that I had in Philadelphia, especially before social media was as much of a thing where I look back and go, wow, I wish I could still talk to that person, but that just happens everywhere. So it's hard for me to sometimes reconcile the whole like Philadelphia is rude, Philadelphia is mean with how easy it was to just meet people in Philadelphia, even and not just when I was younger, like right up until I left. Wait, what? Just the the casual way to befriend people and, and make connections with people. What about the horse guy? The, the, ho- the, the horse, horse guy, guy is real. <laughs> All of their legends of Philadelphia. All the legends are true. Because because you say you make connection with a lot of people, even on bus routes. And I remember the story of the horse guy that you were trying to avoid. Oh, no, no, no. No, no, no. That the horse person, that's a different story. I thought you meant the horse guy that Idris Elba played in the movie that rides around Philly on a horse, which is a real thing. Yeah. so a question though is anything in, in sunny in Philadelphia is real? I've never seen that, so I don't know. Uh, never yeah. seen always. Oh man! I mean, I All live right. there. Why do I need a TV? That's show? true. I, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, well, it's it, a show it's about portray- psychopathy. Yeah, I, I, it's it portrays a very different. <laughs> <laughs> the view of Philadelphia. It's like, like strong, very familiar energy. to me in a lot of ways too, because it's it's I don't know. But I also don't always like things about rude people, which is not like a moral judgment on art. Like art can be about rude people. I just find yeah. kind of like if there's nobody that, that I can like in art, I get bored very quickly. And I think the way they marketed it early on, before it was in season oh, yeah, yeah. ninety five, whatever it's in now, was kind of yeah, like yeah. oh, they're a bunch. It's like Seinfeld. They're a bunch of rude people. I'm like, well, I live in Philly, so. But then the other <laughs> thing about Philly being ugly is like I do think it's a pretty dirty city having been to a lot of other cities oh it's got really yeah. beautiful architecture and and yeah. city planning and houses and things and and it's uh and it's sprawl is unique because it's not like a big skyscraper city that's like a really contained part and mm. a lot of times when i go to kind of residential parts of other cities i'm like this is so dull because i'm so used to the <laughs> style oh, yes. of philadelphia which is a personal preference thing but it's interesting oh. it's it's definitely dirty. I'll give you that. But I don't know about ugly. I, I, Literally I everything you one. said has gotten me so much more excited to visit. I know. Harry's going to go there. Like, I'm going to be so I know. Close. He's going to accept the wall. Dirty. Be like, where you it's go from? And walk down these streets. <laughs> like you're on like, I, yeah, like, the, like, the little moving segue <laughs> thing with an iPad. I'm like, yeah. what's up? <laughs> I live here and I can tell you it's very dirty. Yeah. And that's fine. Are, that's just, and that's what life is. Life is gross. Life is grime. That's cool. Not in. U.S. city, no, it shouldn't be. Like you know, and the thing is that, but the thing is that the roads are terrible. That's something that I will be like, you know, that's that's not because the thing is, every the roads are terrible. There's always an accident because the roads are terrible, and there's always a traffic because of that. And to me, I'm like, that's not nice. Mm. I lived in Orlando for six years. No traffic can be worse than that friggin' area. So I'm curious. That's because of Mickey Mouse, but. That's true. Mickey Mouse yeah. brings a lot of yeah. freaking tourists every yeah. day. Anyway. Yeah. Well, now you all know a little bit more about the assumptions about our various homelands. Mm-hmm. So actually, I thought that was, that was really interesting. I got to learn great. a few yeah. things about you all. All right, well, let's tuck into some comics, shall we? 
X Factor number 10 has specific plot and themes of racialized violence and sexual assault. So we are probably going to mention those in the course of this episode and this discussion about X Factor. So if that's not going to be a safe conversation for you to be a part of, we completely understand. And we'll see you on other episodes of This Week in X. X Factor number 10, we are going to go around and get our full initial reactions without getting too deep into plot, as is our way, starting with Tyler. Well, initially I was going to sing, but <laughs> I don't want to get into copyright issue. <laughs> so, so this will be something like, you know, um, in the tune of my way, uh, which is like, you know, and now the end is here. So I wish it could go on forever. The art is impeccable. The colors are awesome. I mean, the writing is full of heart. It makes me cry with joy and sadness. Um, and you know, this is X Factor. Um, I wish I could say this is a five out of five, but um, unfortunately I couldn't. So um, I, I mean, I still like it. It's not perfect. The landing is, you know, rushed. So I mean, I mean the best I could give it, and it is based on the previous night issue, is a four out of five. Harry, what about you? We've talked a lot about We've su- we've sung Baudian's praises since the beginning of this, and uh, you don't realize how much this book starts to falter until he disappears. Yes. I- I'm sorry that like the opening's great, it's clicking, but then they have two other artists, and it lacks the ex- the expressionism, uh, uh, the emotions, and between just the feeling being off and just the the bad story choices that I think Williams makes and the rush choices that I think she has to make. It all just start all the problems compound that by the end, I was just like, this is not even working like in any way for me, which which sucks. Like, it, you know, last issue, we were all really mad and mm. I was mostly kind of numb. But then I was reading this issue I'm like, no, this sucks. This whole situation. I don't know what happened behind the scenes, but this clearly was not the original ending or something was planned. Um, and it just it really just was left me on a sour note. So I'm going to give it a, uh, a two and a half or changes out of five. Freya, what about you? <laughs> The thing is, it's really hard to like hard to kind of be critical of this issue because a lot of the choices that was made and that needed to be made was done because of our of cancellation and because of that, a lot of things needed to be put in. But at the same time, I've been kind of thinking about it and I was looking. I kind of quickly like you know screened through the other nine issue and it seemed like we spent a lot of time doing a lot of other things and then not a lot of time on any of this. So that plot threads like that, instead of just rather letting them hang and let someone else pick them up, uh, you know, Williams decided to end them here and somewhat poorly. So, and so that's one of the reasons it just kind of felt start ended up feeling flat. Uh, There are some really great points, like great moments in here that I really enjoyed. Um, However, at the same time, there were some, like, you know, like some things that were going on. I'm like, was there any editor who edited this and know that the rest of the Marvel universe or what's been going on, especially one related to Children of Adam. And <laughs> so because of all of that, I was just thinking that this is like um, a hot dessert that was served cold. Or maybe a cold dessert that was served hot. Nobody likes that. I Sub love wall descriptions. <laughs> that would be the worst. Yeah, these are great. Yeah, I don't know. Sub yeah, one here's of some the melted other. ice cream. Get out of it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's that's exactly yeah. So it, it's a, but the thing yeah. is that the um, I actually got 
<gasps> by the ending though that got me that mm. then, then then my ice cream suddenly got like you know got soft serve again <laughs> <laughs> poor metaphor oh, very okay. poor metaphor we're gonna wrap up the ice cream metaphor uh, <laughs> oh gosh I, it's so hard to speak on this I think the thing that really struck me and that I couldn't help thinking about the whole time is that this was Leah Williams first ongoing series as far as I know and it was something she engaged in thinking it was open ended and she didn't realize it was not going to be open-ended until she's nine and ten. No other series in the X-Men line has so far has had been has been put in this situation that we're aware of. Fallen Angels, I guess, but it's still like completed in arc, right? Yeah. And so it's hard for me to separate my critiques out because there's a lot of things happening. I think there's Leah Williams kind of making glib choices that she could stand to make when there was more room, but when there's less room, it comes off incredibly poorly and maybe damaging or offensive or traumatic to people. So I think there's that. I think there's also kind of like not knowing how to end something that was ongoing. Like many other, you know, Al Ewing has been through this a ton of times. Al Ewing can land the plane when his series <laughs> gets cut off short because he's had to land that plane a lot of times. And also then I I think, you know, to Free's point, I really look back and wonder like, was this used efficiently? It's kind of like a, like a, you know, a, ki- a kid who gets unleashed on this huge playground and is like, ah! But then they just spend all their time on the one thing they think is the coolest. And then you're like, it's time to go. And they're like, but I didn't do all the other things, right? So I, I mm-hmm. think it's hard to separate my reaction and the positives and the negatives of this issue from just looking at it as an ending. I think it was a poor ending. I think mm-hmm. the execution was bad. Uh, I, I actually didn't have as much trouble with the art changes just in consuming the art, but I'm sure that detracted from things, knowing mm-hmm. the symbiotic relationships that, that Leah Williams and, and David Baldion has. I think partially uh, Israel Silva being on, I believe, all of the colors really probably helped me tie it together because you know that yeah. I'm a real fiend for color consistency. And, uh, and you know, I think we have a lot to talk about. It, unfortunately, the thing I'll end on is I think it makes it hard to recommend the X Factor series, which I wanted to come yes. away and be able to say, this is a really cool series. You should always go back to it the way I do. I think the last time I felt that way is probably Christina Strain's Generation X. And I unfortunately just don't feel like I can say that about X Factor due to 9 and 10. So I'm glad that you brought up the point of like how to like, you know, that this is supposed to be ongoing and this was supposed to be like, you know, this was cut short. And the reason I am actually kind of blaming Williams for this, because the thing is a lot of plot threads that was introduced that, oh, mutants being murdered and we need need X Factor to go and solve those murders. The thing is, whether you know it, that whether you're going to have an ongoing series or not, a lot of the things that we saw in this issue that was like, you know, solved should have been first arc. Forget X of Sword, forget all of that. This should have been the first arc. And I don't know why there was a whole thing with the Morrigan and all of that happened. Because if you took those out and she actually just finished this story, this would have been a perfectly good story. And then she could have introduced Morrigan after the arc is over. Because that's how arc stories are told, right? Because you start a thread and you end it. But this first thread was started in the first issue. Then we went into the whole thing with the other world. Uh, sorry, Mojoverse. Mojo. Then Mojoverse. Then that left thread got left. Then we started with the Morrigan thread. That thread didn't end. So you can't 
when you are a new writer and you have got your first ongoing, you cannot start with all these threads already, like you said, like a, like a playground, like, oh my God. And now you got into a situation where you have to end all of this intuitions. Yeah, I think the, that's a story structure problem. That's like, but if you know, the principal on a playground cuts time without telling the kid, I'm not going to blame the kid. I don't know. Yeah. Like I, I, she I had mean, a plan. Like, it just got, all, it, I don't like it. She, yeah, she had a plan. All, all the expect, it just didn't happen what she wanted. All, all the expectation yeah. is that, well, you know, you don't usually cut someone off with just an issue and a half notice, right? Like you give them say maybe, okay, I'm going to give you like three issues or four issues. You got to end there. And I mean, that make a lot more sense for her. And, 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 and Leah Williams might have been like, okay, if I get cut, I have one issue to do this, one issue to do this, maybe two issues to resolve this, and that should be fine. But you know, given that she was halfway through plotting, um, in the middle, I mean, at the ending of an arc, and being told that you're going to be cancelled, the next issue, that is actually really, really bad. I mean, hmm. could she have done that? Just... I agree that a lot of the some of, I mean, some of the choices that she made here. It's not great, but um, I mean, my defense for that is the same as um, Harry's defense, is that it, it really is the fault of the, you know, editor for not telling oh, her yeah. earlier. Oh, yeah, 100% agree. I 100% agree on that, you know, but I was actually thinking about it from the point of view of Kelly Thompson's King Deadpool, like, you know, how mm. it got cancelled, but mm. then because she was only dealing with one plot thread that she introduced... She finished the first arc and then she like, okay, this is the world is going to be. And then issue seven, she started a new plot thread. And then issue 10, she's like, yeah, we got canceled. So, you know, like, mm. and I get, understand she can do it with Deadpool. She can tell, have Deadpool say those things, right? Yeah. It's fine. But the thing is because she's introduced them in or in very small chunk. And she was yeah. also told, I believe in issue eight that she's getting canceled with like an event tie-in for her last issue. Okay. So so that I was kind of thinking about it from that point of view. I'm like, well, you know, that was like, because the story was structured in a way that even though it wasn't good, even though it kind of left like, oh, okay, meh, but it, it had an ending, you know? Mm -hmm. That's what I was thinking. And I'm not, not saying that, oh, it's like the Marvel editors are free of their sin over here. Yeah. Anyway. Well, I, th I think there are a lot of editorial problems with this that start with the hurry up ending and, and extend to specific words and dialogue balloon placement in this mm -hmm. issue. I, I, I often find myself wondering what anybody in that X office is doing editing. I know that sounds really cruel, but there's some things that editorial professionals should have caught in this issue and we'll get into it. But I do want to address that uh, that whole thread of discussion, which is, I think there's this resurgence, especially in the X office, because people feel like they're guaranteed space of people who are yeah. doing these long plot threads. Like Benjamin Percy's out there on Twitter bragging, like, it's going to take 25 issues for this thing from number one to come back, yes. you know, which here's the thing. I think people make this subtle mistake because they're looking back at Claremont and X-Men or, you know, George Perez, Wonder Woman or Teen Titans or whatever the case may be and looking at mm -hmm. these long plot threads. But 
they were not seated with the explicit expectation that they were going to get resolved. And also, if those people had to leave the title or something changed, sometimes they would just let them dangle. Like Claremont left so many danglers behind. That's part of the allure of the Claremont run. And I think the thing that's happened now is that people want to have these long-standing threads, but they want to be the ones to solve all of them. And that's partially because nobody left them any threads from the prior thing because Mm -hmm. people don't, they're not generous with their plot threads. And so what happens is that people try to do all these long-running plot threads, but they're not yes-ending. It's not good improv. And so then they get to the end of their series and they want to shut all of them down. Now, I respect if Leah Williams had certain threads that she wanted really to see to the end here, but I think that we can see that in a lot of comics where the person like is in a rush to resolve all their things. Leave some mystery, yo! And I think, you know, Kelly Thompson, I do not want to have a practice of pitting two female writers in at Marvel against each other, but Kelly Thompson's been cut short a few times now. Her Hawkeye ended not abruptly, but not as long as she wanted it to end. Uh, her West Coast Avengers certainly did as well. And on her Captain Marvel right now, it's running and running, but she knows that she, you know, no further arc is guaranteed. And I think that she has learned from some other folks at Marvel how to uh, leave some threads untied and maybe she's not going to get to them and maybe that's just going to live on. So what I want is for Leah Williams to be that great and go into the future and be that great. But unfortunately, this is her first time at bat with that kind of stuff. Poor, her Mary Jane series got canceled with even out, not a next issue. They just stopped shipping <laughs> it. So, you know, I, I feel for her, but it doesn't absolve her and the editors of Harm mm-hmm. Done by some of the choices in this issue. But Freya, why no. don't you give a final comment on that and then we'll move on. No, though, I was going to say that Captain Marvel is the peak, peak example of how to write a story in Marvel when you know you have no guarantee of the next. Because every arc opens and leaves you one thread that she picks up in the next issue of the next arc. And but if she didn't, arc- it would be fine. It would be, it would make no difference. Right. It would make no difference. Because the arc myself, is. I found myself arc- reading it last week saying, wow, there's a lot of things in this that are like. 10 or 15 issue old plots at this point, but at no point previously did I think, oh, I can't believe that this plot hasn't been exactly. resolved. That, it's, it's just a little and, bit more yes, Andy. Yeah, and then and it actually makes sense because she's been, like, Kelly Thompson's been writing longer than Dia Williams. And she's been screwed many times already on getting to the Alright, let me outline the three chunks we're going to do here, okay? Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about gala wrap-up, anything we want to say about what happened at the gala before David departs. Then we're going to talk about David's plot and then we'll come with some ample warning because it's going to have some content issues that some folks won't want to engage with. And then we're going to talk about that stunning final reveal. So keep it tight (gasps) until we get all the way there. So I want to start with Gala Wrap-Up and because Tyler is the king of receipts, I want to start with Tyler. What do you think is worth commenting on here and X-Factors kind of getting ready for the gala, their entry to the gala, and then some of the scenes we see playing out with them at the gala? I mean, okay, first thing first is this. Um, not quite related to your to your to your question, but I just I just wanted to mention this, right? Like because um, Leah Williams and and Beldeon is is forced to like really condense everything. It is a really brilliant use of iBoy's power to collapse like two pages of panel into like half a page. And, and it's something um, they're very good at doing together. Like they yeah. have developed this language. You can't say that anybody else used iBoy effectively previously. And the visual language, I hope it gets continued, but you really see them use it to great effect here when they need to accelerate some yeah. of the plot. Exactly. Okay, so so <laughs> in terms of dangling plot, this pre, you know, prodigy David uh David leaving the the gala scene has one 
big one, right? And that would be the plot that was left hanging in um, issue one. Um, and that is how or why Aurora died. Um, we covered that in the dance scene, which is, you know, probably just like a page of dialogue. And um, Darken, basically, Aurora was um, attacked by bigots and she killed one of them. And therefore, she resorted to killing herself to cover her own tracks. Um, Darken figured that out and killed the rest. So, so now they're both culpable because they both killed yeah. a bunch of humans and we know the and... rules. So now here's my question though, because it's not this Aurora who killed, it was another Aurora who was dead and her right. memory has is no recollection there. of it. Yeah. She has no recollection of it. So who who's going to be on trial? Add it to well, the no plot thread it's, list. It's more uncertainty about how these rules are applied, right? Like everybody yeah. thinks that it's so clear, kill no human. Mm-hmm. But what happens if but, you killed a human? Nobody has any evidence of it. Nobody can remember if it was in self-defense or what. And and you're back. Are you going to get punished for that crime? So so I uh, my my mouth was hanging because I was like, whoa, you know how Way of X is questioning rule number one? Yeah. This is questioning rule number two. Yeah, this, I mean, this book has been... Like right from the beginning, it has been talking about death. It is always it has it has you know it covers death in all its you know myriads um, different ways um, that Krakoa you know because Krakoa is basically um, an island of immortals right now. It's mm-hmm. just and but here you know we are dealing with all that, and um, I think this is a really um, I mean I I don't quite like the shorthand way of doing it. I rather it be left as a mystery. And then, yeah, but, um, you know, I, I'm kind of happy that it's, I mean, I'm of two minds. Like, I mean, I'm kind of happy that it gets resolved, like, in half half a page um, and in such a, you know, um, mundane, I mean, <laughs> kind of way. But, like, you mundane. know, yeah, I mean, I, I initially thought that the story would be, like, a little bit more involved. Um, like, you know, why, what did she do? Why is she avoiding answering that question because she did avoid answering that question um in the beginning when Darken was like you know being sexy and cooking dinner in 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 the boneyard when everyone is trapped in mojovers and then he mm. was like trying to um trying to flirt with her and then just and just blurt out like okay so who who are you meeting in Bellingham and she just like <laughs> flew off so so yeah um so this is one of the plot threads that was um being um, resolve here and I kind of like the fact that um, um, Leah Williams like actually tie in a lot of the scenes that we saw in other issues of the gala here and just say oh you know this happened here go there this happened there go go, go there you know yeah so, I love a good editorial note that's always yeah. a yes. device I don't when it's taking up valuable real estate and the art's not very good and it just Ooh. feels like this awkward shoving in of stuff we've seen like three weeks ago mm-hmm. um yeah it's that that whole reveal with aurora and all that was super perfunctory and it didn't mm-hmm. not, did not exactly inspire me to think about what happens next because odds are it's not going to get followed up on because the book's over yeah um, could be wrong don't think i am but we'll have to see um yeah, the gal was uh, kind of weak because the art was weak and just it all kind of stemmed out from there. And it was like, tune in for other issues that we've all read already, which is fine. Like, I get it. Wave X did it too. It's just um, this has a lot less pop. Yeah. So um, thumbs down. 
<laughs> so this part of the thing actually what I loved the most. Um, and, you know, because it started off with like how they're getting ready. And then there's like, it's like a, such a familial, like, you know, a, like, it felt like a sitcom beginning. And then, <laughs> yeah. you know, they were like, get ready right now, you know, arrive. And then, you know, he pu- he puts his, uh, like, you know, he gets ready and he arrives. And then uh, the five are part of the thing. And then I really liked Rachel was saying that, you know, I can change this telepathically. And then the, I think it was Hope or like, I think it was Tempest or Hope. One of those like, oh, yeah, that's kind of nice. Like, I, think it's, I think it's Hope. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's like, oh, that's so. nice. Yeah. And then um, then um, Proteus, like, you know, does his thing to kind of bring them there. I don't know what whether it was him or someone, but it just, like, the whole thing was, like, so nice. And then there was, like, they're all having parties and stuff. Um, the one that really stood out to me is that uh, Kyle talking to Captain America. You know, he's like, oh, my God, some humans. <laughs> oh, you, you, <laughs> Captain America is like, humans live here? Yeah. So... I mean, which to the point is like, why is he then so like, you know, so upset later in yeah. the planet, in, in sword that, oh, we couldn't do it together. Well, you, you, you found out mutant and humans are do- together. Yeah, like, you know, so I that's know. what I'm saying that it's like an editorial thing. It's like, well, uh, someone else wrote that story so better. pointed out. Yeah. yeah. Some, some editors who, yeah. who knew both stories should be the one who's like, uh, hold on. Yeah. This you one can't. Doesn't track. Yeah, you can't you can't do that. What is that? Who is that? Just a, just a just a face from the art. Face? Just wanted to show you guys this scene. Oh yeah, uh, like I'm looking that. at it right now. Like yeah, okay. I'm fine yeah. with that. They, they are drawings oh, on the page. They did draw it. Yeah. Oh yeah, no so, no no. I mean, I'm I'm not talking about it. It's, listen, if you read X Corp two, everyone else is absolved. <laughs> Since then, I don't yeah. I don't care about I don't I don't I don't worry about yeah. I'm not I'm not worried. Like you know, everyone every artist is absolved from facial acting Damn. after the. After what we were showing in Xbox 2. Like, I mean, yeah. I actually like this. And, I'm, really, I'm really surprised yeah. that the discussion is going in, but I'll get to my point. Let's no, and and sure, also yeah. Dracoda's um, outing as um, Jamie Madrock's face, like to serving Neymar. After those two, <laughs> everyone is absolved. No, you cannot go any lower than that. So yeah, you can show yeah. me all the faces. And I'm like, yeah, sure. It's great. It's Mona Lisa mm-hmm. practically. Um, yes. <laughs> so yeah, compared to that. Um, but yeah, and I mean, I really love that interaction with like, uh, Kyle and Captain America's like, oh, you're yeah. a human, you live here. And then, uh, that, um, and then also, why do we have children of the atom anymore? Because there's literally now no you reason. Know what's happening. Yeah, there is literally no the reason mystery, for that. The and the thing is, is mystery is gone. And then what is the timeline? Because, Children of the Four, three and four ended with them being in the gala, being kidnapped, and one of the characters here. Oh, how? And then I'm like, you can't do that in Marvel. This is not DC. You guys, are you a DC editor? You're not. You're a Marvel editor. Be better. Anyway, I'm done. (laughs) It's interesting because I am in a really different spot from almost everybody here. I thought that this was pretty bad. It was bad, but I don't think the art was bad. I, in a way, 
I think the actual drawings and the art were fine. I actually liked a lot of the facial acting here, mm -hmm. but I think that the pacing was garbage and especially the amount of bubbles on the page and the way that the bubbles kind of just like start mid scene. Like I know that there was a, a limited amount of space here, but I couldn't make heads or tails of it. Like I reread it over and over again. Sometimes clearly there was a reverse of a prior scene, but even in that getting ready portion, I could not tell what was happening. I didn't know what the jokes were supposed to be. It reminds mm -hmm. me of kind of the worst I've seen Leah Williams do at Marvel with like the beginning of Gwenpool where it's all just like jokes, 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 jokes. And, <laughs> and I don't understand what the story is because she, she has, she's got to fit in her witty word balloons. And that's kind of how I felt here. And I know it's a space thing, but then also as we get into the gala, like I don't know that we needed this much focus on Dokken and Aurora. I think it's like nope. actually a mistake editorially and authorially to think that that was the thing that we cared about or the thing that needed resolution. I, I don't think it did. And as the party continued to focus on them and we got like one <laughs> panel of Lorna and like one panel of Rachel, I kind of just was like, yeah. oh, you think we care about this thing, but actually I think we care about a lot of other things. Mm. And I think that that continued through the issue and I'll get to it later. I, I think the shoehorning in of trying to make us care about Dokken actually reversed a lot of the good work that Leah yeah. Williams has done with talking. So I just, I, I don't want to kind of linger on it. I just think mm. it was badly executed. Now, maybe but, if it had all been one artist, if it had all been Baldion, maybe, maybe then maybe. this idea of slices of party would have come off better because there would have been more consistency in layout. You mm -hmm. can do all the color consistency you want, but ultimately like the layout can't get that crazy when you've got a team of three artists who are supposed to be playing together. But finally, I am actually, I might like that they had Carmen from Children of the Atom here because like it, it introduces an external conflict that makes me more interested in the series than I was from the series itself. Like, we know she winds up at the gala, so something's gonna happen in The Last Children of the Atom that's not gonna totally leave us hanging. I'm not one of these people that needs, like, every comic every week to resolve in the order that they came out. I'm, who knows, the action Children of the Atom number five might all happen in 60 seconds. It might be one of those issues, you know? <laughs> but that, oh, that, but that's, that's the thing. I'm not talking about the doing it in order. I'm talking about the action that was set up can cannot possibly be finished by the time she got here. That's maybe what I'm maybe that's it, her alien power. We are mutant power. We, uh, we just don't know yet. Okay. Yeah, uh, that's it's between, it's between that's, awkward that's, art. And I'm yeah, between like, the awkward and, art. And, sorry, right, let's let Freya get her last sentence yeah, out. Jesus then Christ, then sorry, Tyler, then we're moving so on. Sorry. Freya. <laughs> no, I'm just saying that, you know, maybe I have been to the different parties than all of you have done because, you know, you have always kind of said that, oh, the party scenes are not making sense because parties feel like that. Maybe because I am like the kind of person who really doesn't want to be party, it feels overwhelming. It feels like too many conversations happening at the same time and too many people talking, too many people that you have to focus on. And that scene actually made me feel this way. So I'm like, this is a party scene executed wonderfully. Right. Yeah, Harry. I just between the awkward art and the rushed pacing, and then the callbacks, and then callbacks to future books of Children of the Atom. That when I got to that moment, I was just like, I'm not feeling anything or any kind of like calm or like in sync with the book that I'm usually feeling from X Factor. It's just very jarring, very all over the place. Um, and I guess like yeah, it is. It is like a party. I mean, I want to know. <laughs> that's fair. Um, it's just, I don't know, man. This art just lacks so much personality compared to Baldeon's that, like, it's, I can't help but see it as a uh, substandard. Tyler, did you have a final Yeah, and then also for. Move on? No, that's fine. Yeah, Freya, you were saying. 
No, no, I was just saying that also for the caption box, we recently read a comic that could done with the caption boxes, which sells <laughs> where you were. You know, you know which one I'm talking about. So this caption boxes, when I saw that, I'm like loving it. Thank you. That's fair. For, That's thank you point. for for us Nemo brains, her, uh, find, not Nemo, Dory brains. That, you know, that can remember what I have yeah, I don't morning. remember I'm from like, one issue to the next what anybody's uh, name is. I need a caption exactly. box for every character, <laughs> yeah. every setting. And I don't know. Yeah. Yeah, so <laughs> I'll... I'll get, by Claremont, Peter. Like, you know, I'm, I mean, I'm spoiled by reading way too many comics, character. I think, is the, is the bottom the line. The Marvel so. did it exquisitely in Marvel Now era. They would yeah. put proper caption boxes and funny, mm. funny quips in them and stuff, but they stopped doing that. So when they're doing that, they did it over here. I'm like, yeah, yeah so Someone, someone did something. Now I'm going to introduce us to this middle portion of the issue. And it's the reveal of what happened to Prodigy, which really you could say has been one of the main plot threads of this mm. entire book. Unfortunately, there's very limited page space to get through it in. And unfortunately, uh, Lee Williams has chosen to have it reflect a real life actual crime that's been committed and that's been committed with specific intent, intent against black queer youth. And so clearly this is going to affect people. And I think when you're going to do a story with that amount of veracity, you need really the room and also the editing and also probably the sensitivity reading to make sure it's going to land. Now, I've been very intently listening to Black voices and Black queer voices on this the past couple of days because I do not have any of the takes that we need to get us through this. And a lot of the things I'm going to mention, I've certainly drawn from listening to a lot of those conversations. But I want to make really clear that the reaction to this has not been monolithic. Some people are actually like, wow, way to put this story on the page. And some people are like, wow, you really should have never put this story on the page. And that's life, you know? Mm. Not everybody has the same reaction to it. So we're going to just talk in our capacity to talk about it. But um, we can't rule whether it should have been more controversial or less controversial. We don't have any Black members here on the panel. And I want to be incredibly honest about the fact that we're not all the right voices to talk about this. So David gets his package, which is his costume for the Hellfire Gala. But it turns out it was also his costume for a costume party he went to at a bar. And at that bar, he was specifically tracking somebody who was preying upon young Black queer men. And he decides that he is going to use this opportunity to kind of corner this person. And maybe he will get murdered and maybe he won't, but he'll leave himself both an alibi if he kills the guy, much kind of like the Aurora plot, but also leave himself a trail in case he has to unravel the story later. And so we get to see him go back and now having unraveled it and confront this man. And we also get him interrupted in his confrontation by iBoy, who gets a super new power, and then by Aurora and Dokken. And then Dokken really thinks it's sexy that Aurora believes in the death penalty, and it kind of all goes down the toilet really quickly. So I want to get everybody's thoughts on this, and I certainly want to talk a little bit about the structure of it, but we can start uh, with anybody who would like to go first here. I mean, we've... Uh, I just wanted to comment on, like... I, I know the art is not as good as Baldion's art, but... But 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 in one of the panel here, I mean, it, it is pretty obvious that iBoy knew that Prodigy was um lying when he says that oh I, I left something and I need to go get it. And I mean the body language and the way he looked at you know, um, Prodigy. I I mean I thought it was kind of well done too. So and and that that page is not done by by Baldion right. Mm. The no, one where, so. where David's no. leaving the party. Yeah. Yes, where that is arrives. not. I don't think no. that is a Baldion. Yeah, he because that's at Buck's place. That's yeah. not Baldion. Yeah. 
So, I mean, yeah, but, you know, I mean, it's, I, I don't, I know that the, the, the face on Rachel was really weird on that page, but, <laughs> but, um, you know, I thought that there are some good things too. So it's not all bad on this part, um, in, in terms of the art. Um, so, is, yeah. This has been a book that's just been so good at balancing the dramatic stuff, the comedy and flowing between them. And every issue, we've talked about it so many times. It feels mm -hmm. effortless. It's so efficient, which is why this is just so much more frustrating because this entire scene with David just collapses. It like hits a wall like a car accident. I mean, the first, the first thing that's just like you are not mixing your kind of like comedy with the scene is that mm. david says i got killed because i fucked around and found out which is like not the right tone for no. this kind of scene for me i immediately i was like okay we're, we're getting into problems like this isn't good and then they kind of get into it and i don't have like the full perspective i do think much more so than the new mutants issue that we don't need to see uh david's dead body um in this issue i don't think it serves any purpose it's kind of the exact thing we talked about before but um, I'm, I'm more on uh, Freeha's side with this one. And then it cuts to the Doc and Aurora stuff in the span of like a page. And they like just, they're getting horny for like no f reason really. And it's like switches back to this kind of from like a very grim, stark, real thing that like a yeah. lot of people experience to this like, oh, wow, we're here. You know, just like, oh, you're so bad. Like just it's it doesn't. None of this fits, not at all. And mm -hmm. it just by at by this point, I was just completely checked out. Like this, this is, was a a collapse of this very eloquent, efficient kind of pacing that this book has had up to this point. Maybe so besides the, the last issue. Didn't that dialogue that says I got killed because I fucked around and found out mm -hmm. um was 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 the past um prodigy yeah. that said that? Yeah. So the, I don't know. I mean, he might be just trying to make himself less terrified because he's terrified when he was recording this. I just don't think it works the moment. And like, maybe that, that is a read that could be good, but I still just feel like Williams choosing that kind of dialogue at that moment of the story and that specific tone it just felt very tonally jarring um it's a mm -hmm. joke that didn't work it's very much an internet thing and they've used that kind yeah, of okay. glibness in contrast with darker scenes in the past like doc and like impaled on that spike in the wilderness yeah. like there is a kind of like a, like a more friendliness there and I, that's is applied here it's just the context is so different and it's so much more rushed and it just i don't mm. know it didn't work for me so and this is where i was kind of talking about it before about knowing that you have a continuation or you got canceled and stuff by now she knows that she was canceled like you know this mm -hmm. she not i don't yeah. want to say she was canceled the series was canceled yeah. the thing is though throughout all these time we had no idea this super dark plot is happening so knowing that you have to either wrap it up or you don't want to leave it hanging for someone else that's fine change the story tell something a little less dark yep i mean i don't know like you know or, if, if or you have don't put Doc and Aurora in, like pick one maybe, like I get what you're saying. Or that, you know? or that, or the thing is like, because um, like, I think like you know, Peter mentioned that this is a real life crime that have happened. So why not just wow. not do that? Yeah. Why not just say that, oh, someone was killing dogs. 
like you know or cats someone was stealing cats and i was following them like i make something a little lighter so that you can because you don't have the time to potentially tell this darker story with longer time pick something light mm. end the story move on like you know i i, I don't me- No, that's I what think that, you're that's I, that's what I was thinking. And the thing is, like, I think I agree if, with you. Like, do it right and, or don't do it. You know? Yeah. Or or the thing is, like, if they didn't show the body, maybe that would have been a little. I don't want to say a little better. Yeah. I mean, so, that would have been less darker. And yeah. yeah. So the thing is, but, like, it's just like have your eat cake and eat it too situation. Mm-hmm. Okay, not, I mean, not talking about Dakin and uh, Aurora here. Mm-hmm. Um. The prodigy in the reaction of prodigy in this case is a prodigy that does not have the context that you know he doesn't remember anything, so he doesn't know this entire thing, which is why I think he doesn't react in a way that is, um, that that is like oh you know is is is. Is is um sad? Is scary? Is frightened or whatever? Right? You know what I mean? Hmm. I think so, yeah, that's fair. Yeah, yeah. Oh. So so that's so so I don't know if Leah Williams meant it that way, but this is a problem because um there's a I mean there's this short dialogue between Carl and uh, John Paul right at the beginning when uh, John Paul was like showering. Um, mm-hmm. And they were talking about trauma, right. so this prodigy was re uh, was you know the, 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 was reborn without the trauma, and mm-hmm. so his reaction to this entire scenario is completely off base from someone who lived through it, and you know say for example escaped from this serial killer. So, so I I think there is a point here in in the sense. I don't know if this is a good read of this scene or not. Well, I th- I think that that is I really do think that that comment on trauma in the opening scene was significant to frame the issue and to frame the whole series in terms of both Aurora and Prodigy and the wagers that they're making with their lives and with trauma that they may or may not experience in their deaths and then the whole gooey center of siren and wind dancer as well i mean it, it's it's the yeah. theme but what i want to do is kind of talk about the anatomy of the scene as it's on the page i don't i'm not really interested in any of the character motivations because i want to talk about mm-hmm. how it was constructed and and where some of i think the problems are emerging because some people are found this really upsetting in a lot of different ways right so mm-hmm. it starts with eye boy bursting in now narratively we know leah williams is doing this because we need a second character in the scene for david to share this exposition with right and to that extent it makes sense they're close there's probably only it could have been north star it could have been speed but it makes sense for it to be eye boy because he's also been on his own journey through this issue but the the place where i think it starts to go south in addition to kind of the lightness of the tone is that for some reason eye boy has to have a new power here and this feels like one of those threads where like clearly it was envisioned by this creative team but mm-hmm. i don't know that we needed it i mean there was no reason that we needed to blast this guy there was no and it kind of turns eye boy's arrival into like a um like a white savior movement even though mm. 
David didn't really need any saving in this moment. And that's not my take. This is a take that I'm seeing people mm. say. So whether you felt that way or not, some people are seeing it that way. Did we need to spend a whole page with iBoy gleefully blasting this guy and leaving his smoking body behind? I, I don't know, right? And so so then we've got this levity. And then Dokken and Aurora burst in. And so then we get the iBoy telling them the body's here. We can prove that there was a crime. And we see that he pictures the body, but not even just one version of the body, but like these, this whole five bubble sequence of getting closer to the body and closer to the face and seeing this guy on the face. In a way, it's a lot more graphic than what was done with Gabby because it's using the body as this like reveal moment that is kind of mm -hmm. gradually building up to. Now, I do have to point out, this is a police procedural. It is a crime scene investigation book. We've seen a lot of bodies. I think if you think you're going to get through this and never see a body again, you maybe are reading the wrong comic book. But I don't know that we needed the intense zoom in on his still open eye in the basement. Uh, I, I think that's a choice. And then there's no really room to even kind of deal with that because Aurora deals that goes with this monologue about maybe the guy will get away from police and be shot by them, which I know is trying to make a comment about he's white and that probably won't happen. But again, it's like a weird tone. And again, we have another white character coming into the scene to be like, let me continue to fix this for you. And then it ends on Dokken saying that he's turned on by that, which is all on that same page. So it's, it's just, it's a really limited amount of real estate and it's 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 using black trauma to let white characters react and it's using it to let them crack jokes and talk about how much they want to have sex with each other and then finally all through this even though there's an implied angle of of sexual assault and lack of consent it's never stated which maybe is wise because this comic doesn't have a lot of time to deal with the ramifications of a plot that heavy but then aurora just throws it in in her monologue just so she gets to say it now clearly david doesn't remember so aurora is, you know, adding this information to us. But it's just all of these details together. If there had been more room, if some of the details had been left out, if if mm. some of it had been handled better, some people would probably still be very hurt and upset by it. But I think the whole passage of it happening in four pages and squeezing in these moments yeah. for so many other characters really makes it something that is hard to digest and ultimately potentially pretty traumatic for a lot of readers. And I don't want to make it sound like, you know, you can't have books that like mix tones and try to like combine things. But in this case where it's four pages or like whatever, where it's just literally like characters revealed to have been like assaulted and murdered, then iBoy's Naruto powers, then like dead body the next page, and then like horny other, like it just like, it's just, it's whiplash and it just, none of it congeals in anything satisfying. Uh, just for this one book, you know. <laughs> Just frustrating. I, I kept thinking about it instead of horror and eye boy. If Dakin showed up, who is also a queer character of color, and he he's there, and then he's helping Prodigy go through the trauma or go like you know understand or like not necessarily go through the trauma. I mean, it's it's a long process, but you know, I mean, dealing with the situation, I think it would have read much better. And not to just wish, you know, wish on wish on a star, but like what I don't still understand, especially with cable that is not even connected to the gal at all. Like what was the harm of giving this book like like one more issue and devote this plot to it exactly. just as an idea like that could I just don't understand why. I mean, I, I guess I know why, because the ending of this book, it had to end with the gala. But like, I just I don't see why. No, this why, is why they should they end it. with the gala? I mean, well, the, scene, the, the, the final the ending page. could still happen. In it could. This issue. No, you're right. Yeah, and we can still have another one or two issues of X Factor. Why, why to, not to give finish it, it 
a little bit of breathing room rather yeah. than ending this on an event with two major conclusions and a setup for other things. I mean, just, and, I don't get it. You know, I mean, the other the other thing is that why didn't anyone just step in and say, hey, this is too rash. This is too glib to, to put in a scene like this. And, um, you know, can, can we change it? Yeah. Or can we, yes, yes, can we redo it? Yeah, that's you know, exactly I mean, there's has three to be editors the credited to yeah, this book. Because, in addition to Jonathan Hickman and Kira Yoshida, there are three actual yeah. X Men line <laughs> editors credited. Be, 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 because if 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 you are the writer and you are like so invested in the story, sometimes you might miss the you know the the way it 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 comes out to to people because you are like because in your head you'll be like oh you know it's supposed to be like five five pages and then I have to condense it to, to like one page. And these are the important moments. I'm going to put this back in. Uh, I'm not saying that's the case. I'm just saying that like, you know, there are many opportunities, um, including Leah Williams, when she reread mm -hmm. it, including the artist. Um, and I think is this this part should be drawn by Baudion or maybe not. Yeah, I think Baldion's pretty much there for all the David plots. And let's yeah. acknowledge that in the credits, Baldion is credited as a co-plotter. I mean, they're yeah. they're both behind the story. So he he should he could be he will be the second one, second person to yep. be like, um, maybe we shouldn't be doing it this way. Yep. He he only draws three pages. He draws David introducing, then realizing what the past self, then the mm -hmm. uh, the laser blast scene, and then it cuts to another artist showing oh. David's dead body, and then he doesn't come back. Right. Uh, he, yeah. he, he basically yeah. he draws the big David pages in it. Yeah. Not including dead David. Got like, it. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So even even more traumatizing than all of that is like we got the whole letter page that says that this is not ending because of Polaris going, but there was no discussion about this scene or how, the sensitivity of it Thank you. or how long it yeah, took. That, that really yeah. that I think that's when I got mad. <laughs> yeah. That's when I got mad. Because it's mm. like, okay. Like, come on well, now. It's just like, unfortunate because... I don't need yeah. to know whose decision what it, was it because Polaris is gone and if someone held a gun to her head and said, like, you have to write this because Twitter's being mad at us. I don't know what it was. It felt so weird. And then I'm like, well, that's not the issue I read. Polaris <laughs> had nothing the, to do with this. Yeah, it's like, a, well, we want to give all our readers a fond farewell. We love working on this book. And I'm like, after this last issue, I'm not in a feel-good place to, like... <laughs> say goodbye merrily to this series i'm just more like what happened well and also it just felt masturbatory to me like if you're not yeah. an ex-twitter person you don't know all this like polaris vote crap because you just found that out a week ago in the comic books or two weeks ago anyway and you know excalibur 20 i think it was with the malice issue which we all really raved about and had a very mm -hmm. serious discussion about and it you know never showed anything on panel that was going to be that affecting or upsetting it let the plot do the lifting it gave the characters room to respond and it ended with a content note on the final page with you know a suicide prevention resource so yes. where is that care here where there's two full pages of i have to say utter wankery from david baldion and leah williams to let them give a fond farewell to this book but i guess it's you know like and i'm i really don't want to i still found found some interesting things in this issue and i don't want to make it sound like i'm um canceling anybody or anything like that yeah. if anything it just seems like a comedy of errors like much as you all just explained, you know, like it's fine for a writer to not see this. It's fine for an artist to not see this, but that's why editors exist. They're supposed to be at enough of a remove that they can say, you know what? We should devote one of the, some of the, one of these pages to some real life resources about mm -hmm. 
people who are in danger as black youth, as queer youth, as black queer youth. Maybe we should give this issue another two pages, even if we have to take it up a dollar. Maybe yeah. we shouldn't have a quip about sexual assault one panel away from Dawkins saying, who's a former sexual assaulter targeting about how turned on he is by Aurora. Like this to me, I, I, I know some people are upset and wanting to drop the X line because of the specific things that happened with David. And, and I want to give them the space for that. No. But the thing that I'm yeah. trying to come back to is here's this book that a lot of people loved. Here's this book that Marvel just had a Marvel pride issue, which used a huge amount of this cast yeah. to say how good they are at representation. And you have a whole creative and editorial team stewarding this, but it's the book that got cut during Pride Month. It's a book that ends on a sour note in many, many ways. And it's just kind of like, if you can't take this one great thing that was kind of the jewel of the X-Line for a lot of yeah. people in a lot of ways mm -hmm. and end it well, then is anything, it, can any of the stories be told well? Can any of it be relied yeah. upon? Is it, anything going to be satisfying, you know? We, we've already said it. It's, in, it's just, it's so frustrating that Only Fallen Angels, I believe, is the other book that got cut or at least like ended like shortly. The, the, yeah. the, sec, the best book in their line, they couldn't give like a little bit and of a brief. issue. That's the thing. Yeah. Just yeah. one issue. I don't know. Maybe that would fix it. Maybe that it'd still be boneheaded, but like at least yeah. it would fail more on its merits than just being smushed with all this other stuff that just does not work. I, I, I agree with you, Freya. They should have cut it. Like they just shouldn't even try it if they're gonna do it like this. Like, yeah, I really think they should have just yeah. changed it to a different. Yeah, part. that's that's yeah. my good. That's my, that's what I'm yeah. saying. Like you know, they should have done it. And the thing is, I don't know what the what the power dynamic is in the with the editor and the writer maybe they just felt that oh they didn't they didn't want to say want to say that oh you cut it then the williams go on twitter and like i wanted to tell a queerish queer to tell and they didn't let me that's the thing anybody can tell any story with the proper investment of time and, and space and research and care and sensitivity and 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 you know what some people are still going to hate it even the best story but i i struggle to think that this one had all of that stuff you know, had, like I paged back no. to the first page to be like, ooh, did it credit sensitivity readers? Was there a content note? Was mm -hmm. that like I, I looked back through it to be like, hey, did it, did it show me any of these things that people tend to show when they're writing an issue that has this weight? And it didn't. So that's that's when you can't write the story, mm -hmm. when you're not going to put in the work. So speaking yeah. of stories, this also ends with the Scarlet Witch dying. I don't care. Does anybody have anything <laughs> they'd like to say anything about that? I, I was pissed because like I, I just... You can't end. I, I didn't like that they ended this series with another to be continued for something else, which is like in tune with this line. But like, you can't even end this book on any note of finality or, or, or conclusiveness because we're just going to the next thing. And but man. that's also that's also this writer writing it, so it makes know, perfect I sense know. to have that. I so but now it seems no. like everyone is mad about everything because no, it's like this is I mean, I'm this not is mad. the. This is the writer that is writing the story yeah. that is being told. So this is issue yeah. zero of that. So if it's not here, That's, where is it supposed to be? To I don't have to, where would they want it? I don't want it. It isn't, I, it just the fact that this ends so unsatisfying anyway, that like the final thing is please spend more money next month. It just, it rang really hollow. But so, well, then this was this, already announced. Yeah. So what's the point? I don't. So I don't, I mean, that part, I don't really mind because it is it is what it is and i mean we do know that um the the fact that leah williams is writing both each both books when the trial was announced um before you know before x factor was can cancelled um this could still have happened 
<laughs> you could still say next issue, the trial of Magneto because it does lead into it, right? And yes, it would hurt less. Yes, you know, if we didn't have um the the the, the scene that comes before. But 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 let's talk purely about this part of mm-hmm. the book, right? Like um did, does anybody think that Magneto was the one who killed her? No. 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 I, I will admit I'll, I'll admit this this series seems like it's going to be cool. I'm not I'm going <laughs> to cards on the table. No, it but seems the thing like is, a cool and, comic. And but, here's the thing, you know, you know how you know how people were talking about like an upset about all the things that Prodigy happened? I was upset about the way this scene was handled. Like, you yeah. know, with Tommy finding out like that yeah. that was a trauma on its own and then yeah. it's like you can't have trouble trauma like this can't be doing this like pick one like you know so i was actually okay i don't want to say okay but i was re- as i was reading the first like like the all the prodigy stuff i'm like okay okay yeah i mean yeah it's glib it's it's okay then when i kept on like, okay now come on now you can't do both pick one and then you know this is also a thing about showing a body and this is potentially one place you needed to show the body because this is the crime and all of that and yeah. but the thing is like Tommy finding out that yeah. was like oh come on like you know why why even put them through put, put through that you know so and that's that's the whole thing and the thing is like yeah I don't I don't think it's Magneto who did it and that's mm-hmm. because someone pointed it out but the thing is at the same time to what end like yeah what's I mean, that drama Okay. I mean, I feel like, you know, it's the person who most buy into the whole pretender thing killed mm. her. And Which he's powerful Exodus. enough. Yeah. I was going to say Exodus. Yeah. Because and he's powerful enough to yeah. do that. And he he believes so much into the pretender mm. thing that... Um, and, and the fact that they, they put... I mean, the red herring is so obvious here. <laughs> now, <laughs> now you think about it, like in Sword and then in Way of X... And then with like a drunk Kurt as the alibi or, or not alibi, the weakness uh, yeah. of, of of them dancing together. Mm-hmm. You know, I just think like that was like, okay, it's not Magneto. No, yeah, but the thing is like at the same time, I was hoping that there was like, there was something to show that there was a shadow that saw them. Mm. You know, something. If there was some some setup like that, that yeah. would be, but anyway, we don't know. We will see. We don't know. We will see. I mean, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, I guess when I say I don't care, it's like, you care. what? No, I don't. I care, I think Peter. that it's. <laughs> I get that this was the end of the gala, and it was the punctuation of the gala, and they gave it yeah. to X Factor because X Factor is going to participate in the investigation. Mm-hmm. But it also kind and also because they had Speed in the book, and I think it. I think it was great that Speed found Wanda's bodies. Media can show sad things. And so, like, when that mommy hit hard, and I don't think it did in an exploitative way, I don't think her body in that scene was positioned in a way that was kind of gross or meant to be disturbing. It was a human moment of a kid finding their adoptive mm-hmm. slash real slash surrogate, who can even say, mother dead, right? Who he didn't even know would be on the island. So that's interesting. Yeah. But it kind of just feels like nothing about the X-Men line has been about this, especially if you've been reading X Factor, it hasn't been about this, but even if you've been reading all the books, like where has this pretender stuff really been? It's been focused on in in X-Men and in Way of X. And so like, I get that this got it because it's the final scene of the party, but it kind of just feels like that splash page, especially that last to be continued splash page, really kind of belonged in Way of X last week. 
because that's that's where Wanda's been a presence. So it just feels to me like this wasn't a direct crossover. There really was no reason you had to read X Factor last. Mm -hmm. And so when I did say I don't care, it's not that I don't want to read the story or anything, but it kind of just feels like like what why why I think that the Tommy reason is the why, but yeah. it but even that kind of feels maybe not like a lot of why, especially when frankly we're having complaints about how this book handled its first big murder mystery now we're like and read more murder mystery by this creative team like no no actually i won't mm. that is no sense i i mean <laughs> freya said it's because it's the same writer that seems to be the only reason but like mm -hmm. you even have an ending where it's like dead body of scarlet witch and then you get the two pages of like we're great goodbye and then it goes to the basically the same page but they name drop magneto which just seems like they that to last put that page, in later. That last yeah. page did it was not needed. That no, it wasn't. That, it was it just, just there for the just, social shares. Yeah, Magneto. They just wanted yeah, to say exactly. to into the trial of well, Magneto. That was the only reason. But here's the thing: how did women? How did Wolverine know that? He can smell because he can smell Magneto things. on him. Sure. And also, the, why is it the trial magnet? Isn't it actually like the the mystery of who killed Scarlet Witch? Like it just it, it almost yeah. seems weird to me that like of course let's jump right to the trial. That Magneto. that won't sell. That won't sell. Yeah. though. who Death killed Scarlet, Scarlet Witch after Wandavision and with how much? Yeah. Oh, Death of Scarlet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Now that Fair would sell. They're called Burn the Witch. Yeah, <laughs> but then uh, they're they already doing the death of Doctor Strange. Can't be I know. Yeah, you can only kill so many magical characters yeah. once. If you're Marvel, you, you can, can only kill, kill so many Avengers at the same time. <laughs> kill all, kill them. Okay. For cable number eleven, now we're going to go around and get our full reactions to the issue, starting with Tyler. I wasn't expecting to get choked up with this issue, but somehow it nearly got me a couple of times. Um, maybe I'm just missing home a bit here because you know of covid i couldn't fly home and um you know anyway great art great characters voices and um enough space to wrap up a story oh, this that. should be the way a book is allowed to end um hmm. 4.5 redheads out of five harry it's very odd coming back to like a normal book after a month of just gala stuff. It's very disorienting. But, um, you know, once you get past that, this is just a very solid, enjoyable continuation. Uh, it's just like a we're finally getting to the end of the story. Um, I won't lie, like something about old cable just shuts off my brain's like interest <laughs> zones where I'm just like, oh, OK, he's back. I'm going to check out mentally. Uh, so that wasn't my favorite uh, besides a certain scene. Um but this is a very solid, enjoyable comic, and I, I have a good feeling about the ending. So I'm going to give it a 3.75 uh, old cables out of five. Freeha. A lot, a lot of fun moments. And like having recently finished the decimation era of X-Men, uh, there was one scene with like Hope and uh, old cable hugging. That was so sweet. Mm. That made me go, oh, I genuinely said, oh. And then um, I could not stop laughing about Helmet Bros for like until we started <laughs> recording. I was just laughing about it randomly, just thinking about it. Um, and then also how um, he got dumped by all the cuckoos at once. That was that was very satisfying to watch. And also Dugan writing Deadpool again. That's like that just made me. I, I was I'm a huge fan of his Deadpool run, so I was like, yay! So yeah, a lot of lot of great moments. Um, uh, to me, it was like a four out of five. 
I I mean, I really enjoyed it. I Something I really feel is this is the best book you could be making with this cast and this plot and this creative team that you could make. I, I don't know that it's my favorite comic that uh, that's out right now, but it's the best I could ask for from this cable book. And I had a lot of trepidation about the old man coming back because I kind of didn't want him. My brain mm. turns off maybe a little bit too, like Harry's, even though <laughs> historically I've enjoyed him because I've loved our good old affectionately named Table. I just love table. him. <laughs> I think it just gives us something that nobody else, not even quite Quentin Quire is giving us in the excellent mm. line right near. So I actually just really had this wellspring of, of of love and affection for the fact that we actually are getting them interacting with one another. I was really afraid it was going to be this binary thing and we were going to have to lose the one to gain the other. And seeing them together on panel, I think, just gave me like this endorphin rush of, of, of pleasure. And so it really netted out. Plus, clearly having Dugan writing Deadpool is always a thrill. So I just, I really enjoyed it. I'm, I'm so excited for the finale. And I think that at this point, could this be my favorite book in the X-Men line? It really might be, at least for one more month. So uh, I'm going to enjoy that while it lasts, since it got enough time to wrap up its full story. There's really not a lot of plot to get into mm-hmm. here. Uh, there's the fact that old Cable is back. And it's interesting because everybody's kind of like, of course we're going to bring him back. <laughs> Even though there's definitely kind of a clone issue, but kind of not. Yeah. Young Cable is old cable he's just the younger version so this kind of like skirts around the whole gabby madeline Pryor kind of stuff on the island uh and it kind of winks at that and xavier showing up being like of course we're gonna bring back cable but it's like how much of that is the fact that he's not really a clone and how much of that is nepotism because he's cyclops's son discuss tyler do you have any thoughts on that i mean i was like hold on this open up the door for like all sorts of clones and uh, time travel, um, alternate universe variants, and and people like, oh wait, what about this person? What about that person? What about you know, gay Wolverine who has, I'm not sure if he's still alive. Isn't because... he still wandering around? Didn't they leave? I, the... he's, he's, he's in Hades. Yeah, he's in yeah. he's in like Hades, like you know, hanging out there. Yeah, I know. With Hercules. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but you know that was my first thought. I was like, okay, and then and then the other thing is like, well, um, we started off this era thinking, you know, by um, by uh, getting rid of all the doubles, you know, except for people like Gabby and Laura, except for the cuckoos. Um, otherwise, all the doubles were like being taken off the board. Um, are they like sort of walking back now? So are we going to get into that mess again where you have, you know, young, young whatever character coming back or old whatever character coming back? Um, I'm kind of, I mean, it is part and puzzle. I mean, like, you know, it is a staple of X books to have all these characters coming back, you know, now and then. But um, I don't know if I like that. That's hmm. I think that's where I'm getting. I mean, I like this issue a lot, but I don't know if I like the implication. Harry, straight nepotism, and I would have liked to seen <laughs> Alex's face when he found out that Cable got to bring back his adult, his uh, older form, and he still can't get Maddie back. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm curious how they resolve it. To be honest, because this is a big opening of a door that we haven't seen yet. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it was fun. Freya, any thoughts on that? Um, I also thought of Alex, which was a low point <laughs> because I'm like, oh no, I'm thinking about Alex Summer. 
but you know and i thought about like you know how this is and, and to me i actually kind of liked it because it introduced the conflict like it introduces this idea that oh, okay so this rules means nothing because you keep on changing them and that's something i feel like that's happening in every single rule that in in reign of x like you know mm-hmm. or in the whatever whatever was established before because it seems yeah. like they're on the rule breaking mode and then saying that okay the rules that you yourself start uh, established the council now you're breaking it so what's the point um so yeah so i i'm i'm kind of even though i didn't quite like that that this was like you know i was hoping that it would be done hush hush and then oh nobody else knows but the fact that it's out in the open it kind of gives me a little bit of glee that oh, okay it's mm. it's going to go somewhere like i hope yeah and i think the dynamic was really interesting of of the five really questioning should we be allowed to and then xavier kind of very paternalistically comes on the scene like of course we can and then <laughs> and then the five are even debating like well should we have left him with his to virus and and them saying well th- that was you know there's no instructions not to which i think is like a really interesting moment because we've had a lot of discussions across a lot of books about why people are brought back with certain conditions or not and it seems like the five definitely even if it's not a mutant law have a policy among the five of them which is kind of like not instead of first do no harm it's like first make no change right like if they were Mm. not instructed to remove the trauma if they were not instructed to remove the infection if they were not instructed to reverse the the uh, disability then they won't because that's not what they're there to do and i just thought that that was interesting to get it textually being like that the five kumbaya around the egg and actually talk about these things as they're like boiling the egg to get somebody like naked cable to come out so uh so then what a glorious shot that was it was was i mean and again (laughs) noto doing again a slightly different style than his normal noto this has a lot more ink to it a lot more black to it than a typical noto artwork it was a it it was the Arnold Schwarzenegger um in terminator very yes (laughs) yes yeah for sure So then this unfurls really quickly from there. Young Mm. Cable and Old Cable immediately kind of go to Cable's space station. After Cable does a certain amount of hellos, you know, he's certainly very happy to see Hope and Hope is very happy to see him. We don't get a lot of moments with him and everybody Mm. else in his family, although they are just all standing there. They kind of just witness it. And then he's like, body slide, let's get down to it. (laughs) And so um, Cable, Cable, Old Cable, Old Cable has no patience for no. any for any of this, he's like, let yeah. it's time to do the assault right now on on strife. But you can kind of bring the everybody, and so table is d- charged with bringing the everybody, which not only includes Cyclops, Gene, Rachel, Hope, not Vulcan though he's not invited, but mm. also <laughs> Domino, and to all of our joy and great pleasure, Deadpool, who Gene. <laughs> really is, turns out to not be a big Deadpool fan. So, Freya, you've been the one who's been waiting for the reward of some Deadpool in this cable. What did you think about the flight of the uh, the cable Valkyries here? Uh, as, as much as I was kind of happy to see him, and then it's written by Dugan and stuff, but the fact that he was already in introduced in the gala episode kind of took a lot of shine out of it. Yeah. Because... Because I kept on thinking, I'm like, well, when did this happen and when did that happen? Because here he's talking to Domino. He keeps on talking about the whole X-Force thing. So did it happen first and then Tagawa happened? And I don't know. I mean, I was just like, 
yeah like okay like if this was the first time we saw Deadpool I think I would have been a little bit more excited but and then I was like at least he is calmer like mm. you know at least he's okay like you know he doesn't feel like he's bouncing off the wall as it did in Percy's run mm. like or Percy's writing of him like for some reason I keep hearing I mean for some probably good reason I keep hearing like Ryan Reynolds voice saying things because <laughs> yeah. he's like oh he's growing up before our very eyes yes. <laughs> <laughs> there are like a very few character who is like that is the voice and yeah. Ryan Reynolds is one of them you know it's like that's like you know it's like Kevin Conroy Conroy, Conroy, Conroy being Batman Ryan Reynolds <laughs> is always going to be Deadpool <laughs> Duggan just writes him a little bit more, a little bit for Deadpool more subtly than other writers. Just my fair part is just like, I, let me join X-Force. I don't have any starring roles. I'm so cold. Yeah. Like that's like a good <laughs> level of like breaking the fourth wall without getting super obnoxious, yeah. which is what Duggan's best at with Deadpool. He finds the sweet spot every time. Mm. So, and yeah, and I mean, no, like the no. Reason, no, it also works in like, even if you don't know that he breaks fourth wall, like, even if he says mm-hmm. that, oh, I don't have a starring role, like, you know, someone's like, oh, yeah. you were just don't have a team right now or something. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, even it works yeah. even in universe, like, which yes. is something that I absolutely adore. And yeah, everyone else that... is like, comic reference, Deadpool, it just doesn't yeah. apply as well. I think something that he brings to it, too, is Dugan, for me, made Deadpool kind of huggy. Like, I, you know, I sometimes... <laughs> kind of want to give him a hug even though he's gross even though he's evil <laughs> even sometimes even though he he's got terrible taste in just about everything and i think that ryan reynolds like brings that specifically to the movie now clearly that movie was in development probably long before duggan you know ever put, published a page of his mm-hmm. deadpool but i think the dna that they share that i often am missing when i go back to older deadpool is this like very kind of like awe like and i don't think i awe deadpool a lot in daniel wade <laughs> deadpool or in aaron joe kelly deadpool and so i think that's what really made me kind of have a moment here is i kind of like awe deadpool a little bit <laughs> in the same way that i've learned to do at kids t- table though like table. i never thought that that the cable would be a character that I'm like, oh, but I really have gained that here. And I think that it's something that Duggan is actually really good at. He finds ways to humanize characters that have never been particularly human or likable before, or at least haven't been recently. And I think if you go back to his Uncanny Avengers, he does that too. So what that allows us to do here is build this big crescendo. We have both of the cables. Now I'm worried about if young cable's gonna die or if old cable's gonna die. I'm worried about the, I'm, I'm worried about the, um, the Summers family and what they're going to show up in the middle yeah. of. Strife has apparently cloned half of the mutant babies so he can get back up to 10, the magic number. <laughs> and even he thinks that that might have been a bad idea. <laughs> and then also we get a data page teasing all the other times that Cable's war wagon is going to get, or what is it called? His... The war, war wagon. wagon. Yeah. His war yeah, wagon. Yeah, yeah. All Deployment. these times that the war wagon is going to get deployed. And yeah. also this hint of some, you know, bad stuff that's going to come for magic. Yeah. Great moment between magic and cable, just this respect of warriors, even though magic and cable don't have a ton of on panel time together. It really yeah. all just comes together in a fun way. So does anybody have any other thoughts on this issue as it comes together with this uh, <laughs> yes. kind of b- this, this baby ritual slash baby heist that seems to be the, lined uh, up for the finale? Uh, I do like in the deployment log that it says 2015 is Secret War Wagons, because isn't that one that Secret Wars comic came out? Like, I thought yeah. that was a very clean. Yes. Yeah, it's a good joke. It's just a pretty strong joke by Duggan there. 
Yeah, and then it's also said, admittedly, this was more of a dead story. <laughs> um, also, Dagan uh, mentioned Tangarian's authority, which is like corporate mm-hmm. synergy, y'all. Like, you know, mentioned it twice. And I actually went back and checked how many times Tangarian's authority showed up for Cable because he's the one they should really Yeah, he did take. Got down. Yeah, they well, should really, they should really take. Yes, those two are yeah. like, you know, you're coming with us and Leila Miller, those three. Yeah. Um, but the thing is, like, um, I think Strife has forever been ruined by Cerebrocast. They did the whole thing about how his, um, that they did a whole um, little vid- funny video of like how he take his helmet off and how it's like a whole reveal thing. And <laughs> um, like, just go, if you go find it. Uh, and then since then, I'll, I can't take him seriously anymore. I'm like, there is no... There is no threat left. I'm like, you're just a full tilt. He looks like a he looks like a Power Rangers villain. I'll say it said before, I'll say it again. (laughs) And that too. So you know, it's like, oh my god, babies. I'm like, really? Mm. (laughs) Really? (laughs) But I mean the other thing I like is that like cable immediately become obnoxious in front of cable. Like it's like (laughs) it's like because he's so insecure, it's like, okay, here is this, here is this future me. Who is like so steady? Who who yeah. is like so old and who has so experienced? And I am the one who is supposed to be to grow up to him. And 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 people are, I mean, I think in his mind will be like, oh, people are definitely comparing the two of us. And then he immediately assumed that um that that the veneer of arrogance, and and you can see that like it just switches like almost immediately. <laughs> the moment like he cable came out from the egg, he's like, oh, so. I don't want to be mean to the other books, but this kind of just, again, it, it eats Ben Percy's lunch this time. Cause you know, he's got a book about a teenage, like arrogant uh, mm-hmm. hero, but like, this is much more humanized and much more like, like relatable. Cause this is cable. And this is like, he's just someone who wants to live up to what he expects of himself. It's like that classic coming of age thing. It's just yeah. done so freaking well. All right, folks, that's been the only two X-Men issues. I, I kind of don't know what to do with myself on a two X-Men issue week now <laughs> after being through so many, especially last week. Good Lord, it feels like we're still talking about those. And oh. so, but next week is a big one. And even though it's a big one just because there's a crush of issues being released, Children of the Atom, Hellions, X-Force, the fourth one is the one that makes it a huge week, which is the launch of Jerry Dugan's X-Men in uh, the first issue of that run with this newly democratically elected team, it'll be interested to see what Gene and Cyclops think the X-Men should be getting up to, since there hasn't been any kind of team that's been doing that for the past couple of years, except for Marauders, I suppose. I'm taking bets, by the way, is like how how quickly Sunfire will quit. So, <laughs> Page one. Send me. And send me. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Our first, first arc. Our first arc. I need to know the arts. I need yeah. to know the arts before I bet. <laughs> Uh, no, no, just send me, send me, send me your bets. Yes. <laughs> well, the whole reason we get together every week to talk about these X-Men issues is why, Freya? X-Men is better than Strapped That's right. So on the behalf of Freya, Tyler, Harry, and myself, thanks so much for being a part of that together with us this week. And we look forward to talking to you again on This Week in X. And until we do, we hope that you are well. Bye. Bye.